Welcome to another episode of Trap Talk. Today, we have our guest, Richard Buller Jr. from Reno, Nevada, and we have co-host Ricky Marshall Jr. Uh, welcome to the show, everyone. Well, it's nice to be with you two Midwesterners, probably in that cold Midwestern weather. I'm out here uh, dealing with a lot of snow, you guys, so it's, um, it's we're getting through it. It's snowed again. It, it's not bad here. It was it was about fifty degrees today, so we're good. And it's been brutal here. We have thirty eight feet of snow up where I ski all the time in the winter when I'm not shooting. So it's it's been quite a winter. I don't know what it takes to put a dent in a, a drought out west, but this has got to do something. So, <laughs> well, Ricky, would you mind introducing uh, Rich for the the viewer sure. don't know him? I know a lot of people know Rich RBO eight, but. Oh. But oh yeah, yeah there's some yeah there there's a lot of people that know old Orb UA. So we got Richard Bullard Jr. and, and Rich is a five-time ATA All-American. He's a 13-time All-Star, and that's PITA, and that's Pacific International Trap Association. And Rich was also captain of the PITA team back in 2013. I think Dave Kelly didn't shoot that year, that's why. But um and uh Rich has won 62 PITA and ATA Nevada State Championships, which is a big accomplishment. PITA for all our, our East Coast and Central uh, shooters don't really know much about it. It's another association out West. Great association. They throw a lot of good shoots. I know a lot of their uh, their directors and stuff, and, and uh, I'm hoping to get out to the uh, Pacific Grand uh, one of these years. But Rich also has a grand slam in both associations but he also has the grand grand slam he got his 108ca at the 2018 grand on uh, a friday's handicap which i was thankful he i was happy he broke the 100 folks he he did not play any money and i broke 99 so i was a recipient of the rich bullard uh, non-money plan so so welcome to the yeah. show rich well thank you ricky you know you were so gracious that night when you Called me and congratulated me. I, I've never had somebody call up and say, "Hey, great shoot and congratulations on your grand slam." And uh, did you play the money? And when I said, uh, "Ricky, you'll be happy to know, I didn't play a dime." The sound on the other end of the phone, I could hear you doing a tap dance. So, yeah, you still owe me a bottle of bourbon. I got you a bottle. I, I oh, brought yeah. a bottle the next year. That's actually, right. actually, yeah. I had to get it from Zach, and we brought it. We drank it, had a nice drink, you know. It, it, it was the it was delicious bourbon. The bottle lasted forever, but the juice inside it didn't last the night. No, no, no. You It's great to have you on the show. You, know, we've shot together for I don't know ten years now, probably. We shoot the grand every year together, and and thankfully, I was there the day you broke your. Your hunter from the twenty-seven. I remember, uh, you know, I remember the, the whole squad stopping after you hit that bird, and I was like excited. I was like, "Man, this is awesome!" So it was definitely great to be there for that. Um, it was a big experience. Being as you know, I had my grand slam about ten years earlier. We were waiting for you to catch up, but but you, you, you know, you, you, you know, with Zach and for all your listeners, with what nobody really knows is I was nine times. 75 straight in a handicap and couldn't complete that thing prior to it. I, I actually thought there was a point where I thought I was never going to get one. And a good friend of ours made comment to me. He was there for probably seven of them, being Kelly. We were a lot of your listeners may know and remember he was at one time a great shot. And uh, uh, his comment every time I missed on the fourth trap was, It'll get easier next time. Don't worry. And he'd stick that knife in, and I'll tell you what, after a while, that started to really wear on me. You got to push through it. But yeah, finally got it done, and you were standing there, and Ricky was the recipient of me not playing any money with that sheet. So it, it uh, benefited all of us. Yeah. So. so I want to touch on that really quickly. You know, nine times, 75 straight, you know, didn't get it done. From a mental standpoint, you know, what did that feel like? And how was that 10th time different and how did you convert? Because I know a lot of shooters have crumbled under pressure 
and have felt that? And and I guess what were you doing that time that you made it happen or what was different? And on those times that you missed, you know, I guess were there things that you felt that caused you to miss? Yeah, I mean, you, you, uh, I've analyzed it and thought a lot about it. And I'll, I'll tell you, the, the easiest way that got me through it was I was trying to keep, if you remember right, I was trying to keep myself in the high overall. I was shooting pretty well that year. And, and I really wasn't thinking about that individual event, which is the wrong way to go about it. But I was trying to keep myself in the high overall. I felt like where I was sitting, that I had a shot at it if I just kept grinding. Now, after the third track, running at 75 straight, and you're sitting on the benches down there on bank. I don't know, we were on 12 or 13. And you all of a sudden, anytime that happens, uh, you know your squad, you have leprosy. Uh, <laughs> everybody starts sitting a lot further away from me. You're kind of like a pitcher that's throwing a no-hitter. Nobody wants to talk to you. Nobody wants to say anything. And and it did kind of pinch me a little bit at the end, but to answer your question, it just, I, I didn't think about the previous nine times I was thinking about keeping myself in the high overall. And as you know, those last couple of posts, uh, things did get a little tight in the old stinker area. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, I could say this on your fourth post, there was one or two that you clipped. But on your last yeah. post, you hit all five strong. So you hit you yeah. hit those last five. I mean, ninety six was questionable, but ninety seven yeah. through hundred, it was a good center punch. So that was that was wonderful. Well, you, you know, Rich, you have a unique story. You know, you've got a lot of background. You've been in trap a long time. Tell listeners a little bit about yourself as far as how you got into trap, and then a little bit of your transition. Because if I'm I'm correct, I think you shot a lot of sporting before you shot trap. Just tell your story. Yeah, actually, you know, I'm I'm the typical kid that started duck hunting with their father out on the family's ranch. And quickly, you know, it transitioned into a, he was a trap shooter and went to a couple of Elks Foundation meat shoots. And, you know, I got to shoot my box of 16-yard singles and thought it was the greatest thing in the world. And then you grow up a little bit and can't afford to do it and you leave the sport. And then I was about 20 three years old, I guess, at the time. And my parents built Sage Hill Clay Sports in Reno, Nevada. We used to have the Golden West Graham there. And, and I started shooting sporting clays. And, and that's when I kind of really started working it with different methods and, and techniques to try and hit different targets. You know, I took about 10 years off, went through a divorce and family issues and I didn't shoot for about 10 years. And when I came back, I had a really good friend that had esophageal cancer. And I wanted to spend some time with him. And he was shooting a little bit of trap. So I started shooting trap. And I just happened to meet Dave Kelly and Dan Benias. And of course, being from Reno, there was this great trap shooter that, that eventually helped me a lot with technique and hold points. You guys might be familiar with him. His name was Dan Orlick. Uh, he was he was yep. pretty good, and he helped yep. a lot. Um, at that point, you know, it, it was a, a situation where I, I thought I could shoot, and I that was 2007 when I started shooting trout. And I thought I could shoot. I thought I knew what I was doing. Little did I know it was a completely different sport, and I really had to work at it. Uh, I did sit down with Dan Benias and he kind of prodded me to start holding a higher gun. I was down looking and I know that you kidded me over the years about the high gun and I understand why. I, I think that the high gun gets you in trouble a lot of times and it isn't something that, that I would recommend. Uh, your style and Zach's style of laying that gun down on the house, you know where the 27 yard line is there where the, the front of the lid is, whether you're at, you know, 20 different gun clubs, it's 27 yards. Yep. The problem with the high gun is, you know, I start holding that thing up in the air and you don't know if you're at 30, 35, 40 yards where your hold point is. So it's been known to get me in a little trouble, but talking to Benias about it, and he said, you know, I've always felt that you go back and you let that target burn off some energy. And, and it was, you have to have patience. 
And so I started working with it and I'd call and talk to him and, you know, Dan, he, he didn't like divulge a lot of info. And, and uh, he finally told me, he says, Hey, you got the guy that did it best for the longest period of time by the name of Dan Oilick right there, go pick his brain. And funny enough, it was, it was really, neat. I was never really close to Dan Orlick, but he was a friend. And I, you know, of course watched him as a, as a kid and, and he started showing me hold points for a high gun and, you know, little things like one in five holding, making a right hand move from one or a left hand move from five, holding them through the straightaway as the targets were higher, or if you got a high target, then of course you didn't want to adjust with drift, the higher the target, the farther out to the corner you could go with it. And it's a different method. Um, and I probably 99% of your shooters that or your listeners that, that are following these things probably shoot down where you guys are. You're holding down on the house. You're letting that target separate, creating separation. And then they're closing the gap with the shotgun. And, and it's yep. Randy Ross and a number of people have told me it's just the, you know, that's the way 90% of the people shoot. You guys with really good trigger control, you can do that. Ricky, you're one of the best at it. You drive that gun into the target. And, and obviously it's been successful. <laughs> the high gun, however, is a way of, of kind of compensating, in my belief, for, for a lack of better phrase, uh, basically a lack of trigger control. I hold that high gun and, and I'm closing space the whole time with a high gun. And a, a lot of people don't understand the, the difference of a, a you know, low gun, medium height hold, which is what I, a lot of people consider a high gun. Mm-hmm. It's a flat high hold process. What? Or a level gun, the bird is still clear in your barrel and you're making an up move. Might be a shorter up move, but you're still making an up move. A true high gun, you're cutting that bird off. Yeah. And it's it's just a, a different method. And I freaky, we we talk about it, you know, it's it's kind of I use the analogy. You ever see a pitcher that throws a knuckleball? Well, the knuckleball when it's working makes people look foolish it's, it's very easy guys pitchers throwing a knuckleball 50 miles an hour and you got some of the best hitters in the major leagues and they can't touch it well i assimilate the, the high gun as a knuckleball a true high gun when it works it's an effortless move with very little movement you're just you're just basically staying on top of the target the whole time and utilizing the complete pattern and you're throwing the shot on top of the target. Now, we, you've been standing next to me a few times when it goes bad. <laughs> and you do get lost. And, and that's where boy, you've got to correct the problem real quick. But I've always viewed it as a, as a, just a, it's another, uh, tool in the toolbox you know when when things i'm not saying i always hold that big high gun i do it a lot when i'm comfortable and it works very well on a high headwind target because that target's going to reach your barrel but i feel like if it's not working you have to have the ability to go down and there are times on low visibility days i'm down there right with you i don't like it and i've got to chase that much harder in my estimation because I hold, or my pattern on my gun is so much lower than a lot of people that are down on the house. So I've really got to drive myself up through that target when I'm holding low. I'm, I'm yeah. jumping around you guys a lot, but uh, you can cut me off if I'm getting out there on, on some of these topics that a lot of people may not understand, uh, but it's it's up to you. So. I don't even know what question you asked me at well, this point, Zach. Well, he was asking you how your your whole story with was shooting, and and I know I've been to Reno to Sage yeah. which was your mom's club. They used yeah. to host the um, the the Golden West Grand, and then yeah. they held the Western Grand a few years, and that's when I came out and and shot it. Yeah. I met your brother. I didn't know yeah. you then. You weren't shooting. You were 
You yeah, probably I'd shoot probably... skeet then or something, you know, but <laughs> you know. <laughs> that was but yeah. You know, now now Rich, do you remember uh what year was that we met at the uh Spring Grand? Uh Ricky, that would be about two thousand eight. Um, yeah, yeah. And in uh, the singles yeah. championship shoot off for our for our listeners, singles I broke two hundred Rich broke two hundred and Jerry Williams, our good buddy. Uh, yeah. broke 200 yeah. there were several of us in it and and uh we we shot I, I think we went i think i made it 50 or no yeah i think i made it 50 and i missed in the second round yeah so i had a couple boxes of yes. federal papers sitting there because i was shooting federal back then and rich came up and and uh and is you know as a lot of our listeners that do know rich you know he's very nice guy respectful does not talk smack or anything i'm lying there but anyways um you know he uh he said hey uh hey rick uh you're not gonna need these shells anymore i'll just use them for you and i was like oh and this commenced and this went on and and dave kelly our good buddy from yeah. california he said rich i'd watch it and we this was, went on and and then after the shoot was over, I'm sitting at home. It was about what four or five days later, and my phone rings and I look, and as the listeners know, I got a Las Vegas area go number. It comes up and it's a Reno number. And I'm like, dang, who's calling me from Reno? And I answered it and it's Rich Bullard. And I said, Oh, hey Rich. And he said, Hey, I I, I Rick, I, you know, hey, it was great meeting you, blah, blah, blah. He goes, I just want to tell you, you know, I, I was just kidding around out there. And so I said, well, oh, so you're one of those guys that talk smack and then calls later and apologizes for it. And he said, oh, Dave Kelly told me you were going to say that. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and you know what? There were a lot of people that didn't understand you. You, of course, Ricky understood it pretty quick and you, you yeah. took it to, for what it was just. But I'll tell you, there was a few guys, oh. and I kind of laughed. Uh, one was Sean Holly, who's a yep. good friend of ours now. Yep. But that was my first introduction to Sean, and Sean didn't think it was too funny. And, no, no. I, I, uh, I, I, you know, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. And sometimes my uh, jovial ways get me in trouble. Well, I'd say this, you know, Rich, and knowing you, for people that don't know you, you know, you have a very, very, very um, confident personality. And, um, you know, that being said, you know, when you're coming through the room, people know you're there. So that's that's a good thing. I mean, now, now relating that back, you know, you've had a pretty successful line in a lot of aspects. Rich, you've done things like run businesses, shoot successfully. I mean, you, you you know, you've had a, a track record of, of going and getting into something and getting to a higher level with it, whether it's sports, skiing, that kind of stuff. You're a naturally athletic guy. Um, how would you relate that back to shooting and like the mental game of being confident? Do you think that, that that confidence that you carry around gives you a little bit of a mental edge? Do you think it hurts you at some level? Or how would you break that down for our shooters? Oh, I, you know, I, and I, I'm a firm believer in that you've got to, when you step out there, you got to believe in yourself. And whether it's, you know, I played basketball in college. It wasn't very good. That's why I ended up selling insurance. It wasn't playing for the Celtics. So, but whether it's, it's, you know, going, stepping on a basketball court, throwing a baseball or, or getting up to hit a pitch and, you know, as a batter, you've got to believe you can win. And, and I think from an athletic standpoint, I'm always a firm believer in athleticism and being in good shape. Now, you guys, I realize that the two guys I'm talking to aren't exactly the poster child for, for fitness magazine, but, uh, and I'm for trap shooting, guys. trap shooting <laughs> USA. We are for, for trap shooters. You guys are, are marathoners. I'll tell you, we're you doing know? good, but. And I, and I, I, I'm saying that facetiously, but I always believe that in every sport, back to this, you, being in shape, and you guys will attest to this, it can't hurt. No. When you're tired and get later on in a shoot, 
and your your legs. I, I believe that all sports are done from the ground up, whether it's yep. you know shooting a jump shot or shooting a shotgun. I watch some of these guys lock their legs and shooting, and I'm going, man, oh man, that to me handicaps and and uh, so I, I believe in in strong core and strong legs and good athleticism and great balance. And I think that by keeping yourself in shape, it gives you a confidence that when things get kind of tough or you get tired, that you can reach back for something and, and have it there. Now, Ricky, you, you tend to, as a shoot goes on, you, you get stronger. And I, 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 I mean, Obviously, there's you've been there and you do yeah. these things. Zach, you're you're probably no different when you get in a group. Um, but I do believe that all those different games, whether you know, as a kid, you learn to compete. And you know, I I joke around a lot, and you guys all know this, but also I'm there to compete, like we all are, and that's first and foremost. I. I don't like these shoots that have turned into potlucks. Okay. I like to go eat, but I want to, I want to shoot first and, and you're trying to win. Uh, yeah. And I think our sport probably needs to put a little more emphasis on the, the winning part. And, and we've maybe gotten away from that. I, I don't like to turn these things into camping events. So yeah. Yeah. And, I, and uh, I think, you know, that's saying a lot. And you send work from the, the ground up, from the feet up. You know, I've watched you build your game, and, and I know that you are the kind of guy that will go out and practice when something's not working. What are you doing? When, you, when you're saying feet up, what are you doing and setting in a practice regimen, and what are you working on nowadays to get yourself to that high level? Yeah, well, I'll tell you, there's there's been a, a lot of different things that, you know, you, you work on some different, uh, drills, uh, and some of the things that I've really been working on these last couple of years, besides trying to lower my, my hold points down, especially for doubles. Yes. And, and that, you know, we're, we're talking about this folks. I got to tell you, these two guys have beat on me and these are two excellent double shooters in the last five or six years, my doubles have taken such a hit because I've gotten away from those good fundamentals. And part of it is, is that real high gun. I'm, I'm slashing down on my first target, but, uh, the things I work on, well then still, but mainly it's trying to take my arms out of right now, my arms out of the equation, keeping my body on a turret. I'm trying and practicing there's a lot of times i try to not move my arms and hands at all and because i hold a high gun it's easy to flick that little flick uh, from up above and not move your core and what i've really been working on is setting my body in practice on a, almost like a a 90 percent uh on my rear foot 90 percent of my weight on my rear foot and 10 percent of my front foot which none of us would do if we were competing and then calling pull and moving my core through my legs at the target. It's, it's a weight transfer to make myself feel that drive. Now, you guys from a low gun position, I think you're doing it naturally. But yeah. from that high gun spot, you tend to get lazy doing it and you need to work on it. So that's one of them, Zach. I, I, I think that the last couple of years, I've really been and I'll do drills. I, I think there's people that look at me like I'm out of my mind. I do drills just to make my balance and myself feel it. I'll, I'll shoot targets on one leg. And I, I've, you try shooting, holding your core in yourself. And Ricky, this is something I could probably beat you at. You know, I can't beat you much, but if I got to shoot on one leg, and you can't put your foot down for 25 shots, do you think you can do it? I challenge you to do that. Well, I know. Listen, listen. I do know <laughs> when we're talking about stance and all that, I could probably yeah. do it. I know you can't beat me at golf, though, because we've proven that. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And I, and I say that, no, uh, my golf game is... Uh, hey, hey, did you open them shades up behind you? 
The golf course is in your backyard. Yeah, no, we moved from that place. There's oh, no you golf did? Oh, okay. there. I just remember they, they, I just remember your wife telling me or, or telling you that time, Rich, and we live on a golf course. Yeah, she yeah, she she I, that's one game. I don't care how athletic you are. It doesn't help. It, I know, but it doesn't look, help. For, for the listeners out there, Rich is a real high gun holder, and Zach and I are down on the house. And we drive through the target. We actually already have a, a weight forward aspect of probably 60, 40, maybe 65, 35 of our weight already forward. Exactly. And then just drive through with our core. We're rich yeah. because I'm, I'm not a believer of, of leaning back and then coming forward. But for Rich, he's doing different drills. He is older, yeah. folks. So that, you know. Yeah, and and you know what? Your and I know your your oh, joke that does play into it, the, the it does bit. play in, and you know the thing is about moving from the ninety to the ten. I would never do that in an event, but it is a drill, no. and yeah. it's it's one of those things that you. I've always been a believer when you practice, you exaggerate the move. Whether I was in college playing basketball, if we were running drills, you run them at one hundred and twenty percent, and you do something that is uncomfortable so that when you are in a game, the game slows down. Same way with shooting, you know, yep. and, and that's that's what I mean by that. Yeah, I would not recommend to anybody keeping 90% of their weight and trying to throw yeah. themselves and, and, and target. And what you said, Rich, I mean, training harder than the event. So, you know, I've heard you say, you know what, Zach, I raise the targets as high as I can go and I work on them, and then I'll put them as flat as I can go and I'll work on them. I've heard you say I tighten up the chokes and I want to try to do drills where I'm taking the front of the target off or I'm taking the side of the target off and really trying to, you know, get that gun to that front edge. And and I really want to just stress the amount of high gun we're actually talking about here. I mean, the listeners, like you said earlier, might think high gun is four, five, six, seven feet above the house, which is more level, a more mid gun. I'm seeing you sometimes hold 20, 30 feet above the house you know your gun you're six foot three right and your gun is on an incline so i mean that target is never ever getting ahead of your barrel and you're just you're coming left to right and you're intersecting correct yeah it's you know again i talk about that closing where where people down low you call you guys call pull target gets away from you it's 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 leaving yeah. And then you're driving the gun through it to close the space. So it creates space and then you close the space. With a high gun, I'm always closing. Now, you, you get yourself up and to your point about where I'm holding, sometimes depending on the target height. And, and there are times where, you know, I know you guys think we shoot these lollipops out west, but you get out in Nevada where you get a you know, 50, 60 mile an hour headwind, and that target's going to be at 90 feet off a bluff pretty quick. And there's nothing you can do to lower it. They'll lower the trap down right on the plate and you've got to shoot them. And so my theory on that is, is, is I stick that gun, the barrel, the, the bird's got to reach my barrel. You've got to be patient up there, but I've been it to give you an example. And Zach, you mentioned it, but I've, I've had my gun the height held at a 45 degree angle before now you'd say well 45 degree angle that's that's probably at 50 feet you know but the target is lifting to that point so fast and my view on it has always been it's like shooting a springing teal and sporting clays you you guys just got back from dubai you know that are you going to hold down on the house for that 50 foot springing teal or are you going to stick your gun up in the air and let it come to your barrel you're probably going to do that in it i'm going to really get technical but sporting clays and that was kind of where my core started we always shot john kruger i give him his props on this i, I worked with he lived out in reno for a short period of time he worked with me and we shot together and showed me some different techniques one of the things he was always harping about do not let that bird cross your barrel so a crossing target your gun is always out in front of the target and there's three methods you've got a you know sustained lead you've got a pull through 
where your barrel comes through the target, or you got to pull away where you, you pull away at the last minute on that. Now, if you take that method and a high gun and you stack it up, sustained lead is nothing more than a really, really high gun. And I choose to do that. It's an awkward, different style for most trap shooters, but there is a method to what I'm talking about. Um, and, and so it, like I said, it, it's different, but there's, if you're doing it right, it is the most efficient way to shoot. Now, when I say efficient, I want to tell you this lazy. Yeah. You're not, you're not moving the gun that much. And if your hand, less, less, less gun movement, but some people say less gun movement, less air, right? Like if you're not moving the gun too much, you don't have as much air. Now, Benias, that's my theory. Benias yeah. and Dan Ul Ulrich, um, they both shot higher guns also. Now, I talked to Benias a little bit, and he said at some point he was lower and then he graduated higher over time. I mean, he was. What, what was your. He, he always talks about that. His best years. And you guys, it's this goes back to Ricky Harpin on me. Hey, your consistent years. He was down low and he said, I was driving up at the target and he had that as he got older, things slowed down. I, and I'd never really talked to him about it, but he just started holding higher and higher and higher. And I hate to say it, but you, you get to the point where it's just, it's a lot easier than working hard down low. Well, there's um, not a lot of move up there. You're, you're letting the target come to you and you're letting it kill itself at some level. But you have yeah, really good so, hold on that release trigger, which you're shooting a release, you know, most you of the time. Release, you yeah. try to release. And, and here's yeah. the other thing. I mean, in the last 10 years, I've seen you've had some really big years and you've had some really high singles averages. I mean, you're, you're a 99 plus singles average guy. So we're no, we're not talking, you know, we're not talking, this isn't an effective method. It's just yeah, a method I, that is know, not used commonly. I've, uh, you know, and yeah, you, you can make arguments work both ways. I, if I was a listener and I was sitting there and I was a new shooter, the first thing you want to do is park them down low where you guys are at and teach them the right fundamentals. I, I, I am a believer in it, but when somebody's talking to me about my method, I share it, but yeah. I, I, I say, Hey, it can get you in trouble too. And, and 100%. to your point on singles. And, and this was something that I was taught early on shooting track. Dan Orlick. I used to poo-poo singles. Uh, let's just go shoot handicap. Let's get this done. Let's go shoot handicap. And and he said, and Ricky, you you've had to you've worked at your singles over the years to make oh, sure yeah. you shoot it. It's a third of our game. And if yeah. you leave a third of your game out, you're not very good. And that's, no. You got to look at it that way. You got to work on all three disciplines. But his exact statement to me was, hey, if you got to shoot them, you might as well try and hit them. You know, I've, I've had other people say, well, you know, I don't like shooting singles. And I go, you know, it's a different sport in that it's a marathon. And I'm a real believer. You got to start there. If you can't hit them up close, you can't hit them far away. And <laughs> I, you know, these guys that say, oh, I don't like shooting them. First thing out of my mouth is, have you ever shot a hundred? And they'll go, no. And then I'll say, well, shoot a hundred and then tell me you don't like them. And then have you ever shot a 200? And then they say, no. And I say, well, shoot a 200 and then come tell me that, but work at it. Um, we all know, man, those things are kind of a prerequisite to a good shot. If you, I have seen very, very few people in our sport that over time, if they can't shoot singles consistently, they really can't shoot the other targets consistently. Now they're going to break, they're going to break their handicap scores and they'll bust, but normally you gotta, you gotta have the discipline there to begin with. Yep. And, yeah. Singles and I, is the core of the, of, yeah, of shooting. Yeah. It's but, your basics. That's where you, yeah, that's where you yeah. start. And that's, yeah. you know, growing up, I know, you know, shooting singles. I mean, I was like, ah, singles. I want to shoot a handicap of doubles. And I remember my dad telling me, you know, my dad was never a, a great trap shooter by any means. He didn't start shooting until 1998, but. Uh, yeah, he was older. Yeah, he just told me, he said, listen, 
you're losing these overalls and these all rounds by three or four targets, and you're breaking a 195 in the singles championship and a 190. Yeah. You know, out of in the 200, we had 200 class singles a lot back then. Yeah, you're breaking a 197, yeah. and then the prelim singles, you're breaking a 98. And he goes, so there's like not giving targets five targets there. away for no reason, right? Yeah, yeah. And I and I said, interesting. So. It, it kind of worked on I me. Mean, there was years, you know, I had some great singles years and stuff, but the the one year I missed 12, and I think I shot like 3,500, and I had a 99, like 62, I think it was, or 65, whatever. That was my best wow. ever. And then this year, I actually shot 5,000, missed 20, had a 99.60, and ended up, I think I was second in the ATA for singles oh. average, but I worked. Every time I shot, I was like, okay, you need to break these. You, if you miss one, don't worry about it because yeah, 99 sure. is the hardest score to break. To your point, you know, it's just, it's, it, we've given away a lot of high yep. overalls and HAAs over, over a bad singles event. And, oh, yeah. you, you, you know, and, and do we get bored with them sometimes? Yes, but man, you, you got them. You, you, they're just too important to let those get away and well and 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 rich yes you know when we shoot you know we shoot the prelims together at the grand Mm -hmm. we shoot you know occasionally the the heartland grand when i can make it over and zach doesn't try to bribe me and uh yeah still waiting on them three bottles of bourbon by the way Zach. there's still here we got them for you know rich rich knows yeah could you show the bourbon collection can i send a picture of the bourbon collection so i can pick my three but you know when we shoot i mean we we always have a good time and, and we ended up, you know, working the smoke ball contest. At least you and I. Zach's always you know, he's off in the That ski joke, that ski joke he's got in there sometimes. Like Craig off. Is that the Zach Manini Craig off? Was that joke? the brain jokes he was shooting that time? Yeah. I mean he was yeah. like clink clanking. He switched. Yeah, he switched back now. He's shooting the we he we've got on him enough. On yeah. 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 We've had some fun over the years, but you know, all of them and and I think you have to shoot all three disciplines probably like they're three different sports. Yep. And I, 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 what do you think, Ricky? You Absolutely. Game. Is that, I, I, mean, I tell people, you know, I, I was teaching a lot this past weekend. Weather was good here and a lot of kids and a lot of singles. And I just tell them, you need to be deliberate in your singles. You need to see that target. Take your time. You got all the time in the world. Drive through it nice and smooth. Okay, go on. Now, we step back, shoot handicap. We get a little bit reckless, but in control, you know. And and I just did a, a, a private lesson with Aiden uh, Dietering from Iowa, a junior shooter. Uh, he's a friend of Tyler's, and and uh-huh. he came over and shot singles, handicap, and doubles. And that's I was explaining that, just that same scenario. He's trying to shoot the singles like, bang, and I'm like, no, no, no. Slow it down a little bit. See that target. Mm-hmm. Let, it, let it develop just a little oh there it is bang you know and then handicap a little reckless and i actually so his problem was he was a lot of people tend to look too far off the gun okay Uh they can make some people get and and like it they say oh yeah i'm seeing two feet over the 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 gun holding whatever if it's level yeah whatever and i'm like okay now that might work for some people but it seems like 90 percent of the people i'm teaching I watch other and and there there's a lag there. So yeah. with him, especially the handicap, he was really struggling. Twenty four yard shooter. I said, get your eyes and just look through the beads like I do. Just try that. Mm-hmm. And he goes, oh my god, the target just slowed down. I yeah. said, well, yeah, because you're up and then you're trying to bring it down. The target's beating you. Where now yeah. you see it come out and then you automatically go to it. It seems slower. So. Yeah. And, and then you go to doubles, and now I know Rich, you are always holding a little higher, and I kind of got you down to oh, a little I, bit I, lower. It gets you in trouble. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've been had better success down lower, yep. letting that target get to my barrel, and and yeah, drive through it, and then look yep. at the second one and shoot. That's and you're shooting three different ways, kind of, but yeah. like me, I mean, I'm the same whole point, so. That's yep. the same always. So I actually get the same look at the target. I just shoot the handicap targets a little bit quicker. 
Yeah, yeah you're really yeah. aggressive with your press. Your weight and your movement is more more attacking. And in yep. singles, you're probably more stable and you're right into the apex. But, you know, this is the thing. We're both, we're all probably all shooting full choke here. I mean, all yeah, absolutely. And, and that being yeah. said, you know, you start shooting that target when we get in a smoke ball competition, you start shooting that singles target halfway on the arm. You know, yeah. you're not throwing much at it. I mean, you're throwing a pipe plate, if that. And I think as that yeah, starts to come on, it's burning off speed. It, it, and your pattern's opening up a little bit more. I mean, it's just a better place to break a simple target closer to apex, not all the way to apex. I mean, we're, neither of us are slow, but closer yeah. to apex than yeah. in handicap. You know, I wanted to break it. I wanted to break it in handicap probably three quarters way up the apex or even a little sooner than that. I mean, I'm, I'm wanting to shoot it under tension. Would you agree with that, Rick? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, yeah. I, and like the singles you're talking about, you know, riding it up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I do. I, I think the old uh, the old Fioki eleven sixty five shooting dynamics smoke a target harder than anything out there, though. I mean, you know, so <laughs> they just they didn't leave some clouds. And Zach Zach always shoots after me. You know, he's always on post two. Rich is always on post four usually. If Wyatt's shooting, yeah. you know, Wyatt's sure. on three, and then and right. then Justin's on five, and and Zach always seems to have to wait. A little bit for my smoke cloud to roll by. But. <laughs> if for some reason my SDSs do not smoke the targets as hard as you do, it is not because of the shells. I can tell you that. Yeah, it's uh, that's that you know, and, and to, to you know, just to kind of dovetail into what you're saying, Ricky. I I think, and Zach, you mentioned it. I I believe in shooting a target under the influence of the trap. I think it's more yep. consistent. And if you can do that, you know, you're some of these guys that put that, you know, like Daniel Boone, they're putting old tick liquor on it and really riding them out there. I think you, you, you know, there's, there's some guys that can do it, but boy, you really, really create a lot of other variables in our game, stopping some of those variables, you know, yeah. getting rid of them. It's, well, it helps you. Yeah. It's always yeah. different, different shooters or different ways. And, and you look at like, uh, you, you talk about riding the target out, and the only person yeah. I know that rides a singles target out probably further than anybody and does it well because he's a, I think he's, I think minimum, was it two, maybe three? I think it's two for sure. Uh, Clay Target Championships is our good buddy Pat Stacy from Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah right. boy, and he, he rides them out all the way. He, he smokes them. I mean, we got to get Pat on the show. He's a great guy. And, Absolutely. You know, but he, yeah. he will ride that target until he's there and he has ultimate trigger control. But I've watched him shoot handicap. He's not doing that in handicap. In handicap, he's he's hitting. It is a testament. He's making yeah, an adjustment to that that you're learning. You've got enough time at 16 yards to make that little extra move. Absolutely. Where you do not have that time in handicap. And um, you know, if you and to your point, Rick, you know, if you're down on the house and you're handicapped and you cut the wrong direction. In handicap, you're almost dead. I mean, it's very hard to make a recovery when you're cutting the wrong direction on a bird, moving on the call, and then going the other way. In singles, you can almost get away with that at some level and still break them. It's not correct, but but if you're if you're you know if you have enough time to really get that gun where it needs to be, yeah, yep. So so rich, you know, you're a wealth of knowledge. I appreciate everything that you shared with us today. You know, is there anybody that you'd like to thank? Is there anything that you would like to leave the listeners with before we get out of here? And I, I know there's going to be more episodes with RBO8, Rich Bullard. We'll probably have to tell that story next time. But uh, yeah, no, if, if you guys, it's always fun visiting with you and, and talking to talking some of this stuff. We've got, you know, there's been so many stories and so many people we've had with us shooting together. I yep. mean, the biggest worry I had of doing this was that we were going to turn it into a locker room conversation and start joking about all our different stuff that we've, we've experienced as a group over the years and giggle the, you know, to, to answer your question, to thank people, you know, I, I gotta tell you, and it's funny. There are so many people over the years that we've met in our game that are so much fun. And there, of course, it's always about thanking the family, you know, so many times, our wives, kids, and my wife sacrifices. How often do you go, hey, Jody, hey, Beth, I'm going to another shoot. We've got a wedding, a funeral, a 
family function and we're off to a shoot and they allow us to do it because they know we love to compete. And so, yeah, of course, you know, I, I say to Lori, I always joke with people. They say, why didn't you make that shoot? I say, well, I always weigh out the cost of the shoot or the cost of alimony. <laughs> Sometimes you've got to stay home. We shoot so much. Yeah. I think, you know, the last few years, it's 20, 30,000 registered targets. And, and so you're going, and, and because we love to compete, they understand that. And in your case, Ricky, and it's your business. Yeah. I have the good fortune that, hey, yes, I've still got another career. So yeah. it's, it's up. Yeah, but, you're an insurance you know, salesman, so. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been, you know, in, in that game for a while. And, you know, but of course, the, the wife, I, I talk about, all these guys that have built stock, Winnig's building a stock for me right now. I don't even have a uh, Bobby and and Lucas are, are building a stock, and I've shot Perazzi's for years simply because with the release trigger, I can move the. I, I believe in the product, but I can also move the triggers around, and it, it makes it a little easier than a fixed trigger gun. So, other than that, you know, it's just a group of people that that I've always enjoyed. You know, we we compete, but when we're all done, we go in and we'll have a, a little beverage or a permit and talk about how great we almost were or are when <laughs> we, we go through it. So that's uh, it's all part of it. Well, I know uh, we didn't go locker room talk today, but if the listeners enjoyed Rich being on today, send us some comments and some likes and maybe we'll have a fun <laughs> series you know, Zach, can I say one more thing? You had yeah, sure. John Slinker on and and I... I want to I want to leave everybody with this, and and I want you guys to think about it. The Nevada State shoot down in Las Vegas, Clark County. We have one of the finest facilities in the country. It is, I, I would say, next to Sparta, Illinois. This is as nice a gun club. It's it's modern. It's built of, of block and steel. There's it's run by Steve Carmichael, who's in the Hall of Fame. We've got some, you know, twenty eight trap fields hookups for for uh all the rvs it's just really a nice time yeah and and the the thing is about it this is something else people like to come to las vegas we've moved one two we they've moved the state association and those guys like john and tony del fonte and greg um the sos guy that that does the the new shoot programs they have worked diligently on this shoot and i wonder what i mean by that there's money in it we've got a special event now we've got added money it's it's right up against i think we're two weeks or a week before the autumn grand so we're a week drawing, before it's a week yeah. before we're yeah we're drawing everybody that's coming in and, and a lot of times wives love to go to to the to las vegas but here's a, something else that i want and this is something if, if there's gun club owners or managers, something that Clark County does is they allow the snowbirds to park in RVs down below and they give them some kind of discounted rent in the winter. All that's required of them is they work the shoot or shoots that they have there on a volunteer basis for the discounted rate. And I'll tell you what, you guys, I, I would put the quality of labor up against anybody in the country. And it's an idea that, you know, other gun clubs could possibly use to get in a tight labor market, good labor. And it's an idea that I, I think, yeah, that needs to be floated. So with that, I'm giving them a little prop. If people can make it out for the Nevada State shoot, it would be 2024 now that we would in october and yep. it's uh, a lot of fun it's a good one and i know you guys are, are scared of me so well uh, rich I, i'd welcome you out on on that on that note is there is the out of money <laughs> in state out of state you, you know what i can tell you it's open on a lot of the events and you can you know brit Dalton, great guy good shot yep. brit yep. mitchell lovelish you know they can find a honey hole now and there well, you can ask them. Ask the reason, these guys. They come out. They, the reason they, I was asking is if it's if it's a lot of resident out of money, you know, 
I do have a Las Vegas area code, you need but a, you I, need I do a, have you know. ability to, um, you know, become a resident in Nevada because it's six months. So we're at, you know, um, March 1st. So by October, I can be legally a resident of Nevada. And then the 62 state championships might end there. I'm just saying. Be a few less. They would be a few less, I'm sure. I'll give you that. I love you, Rich. But he can, he can be bought, though, Rich. I know he takes bribes. <laughs> Trust me. Okay. But, oh, yeah. but you know, that being yeah. said, we had John on just the other day, and we talked about yep. Nevada and all the great things they're doing. And he brought you up. He said, you run the Calcutta down there. And he says, you do the best job. And he says that you're one of the, the advocates for the state and that you guys are really throwing an amazing, amazing shoot. And I think people need to really check it out. I mean, it's yep. it's worth going down there and and seeing what yeah, they have to offer. And they're they're trying to you know, up to please the shooter. Of course, a little biased, but I got to tell you guys, it's really we're doing some different things. We've got a great facility, and you know, both of your wives do they like to go to Vegas? Oh yeah, everyone loves Vegas. Nice, nice, nice restaurants, hotels. We shows, got married in whatever. Vegas. Yeah, you know, and it, it, it's so it's it's one of those things, boy. If you if you can make it, it's really turning into something I think special, and, and uh, we're getting there. So Perfect. with that, that's it, you guys. Awesome, awesome. Well, we got to thank our show sponsors. Thank you again, Rich, for coming today and giving the knowledge. But uh, we would like to You're thank welcome. Winning Stock Works behind Ricky, um, Bobby, and Luke Chambers. Uh, great guys. Go check them out. Give them a chance. Rich is getting his stock man there right now, and I seen the piece of wood that he picked out. It is beautiful. So it's a beautiful piece of wood. I also want to thank Remington. I want to thank Shot Tracker, and you cannot forget RM Shooting Clinics, Ricky Marshall Jr. He'll get you away from that high hold point. He'll get you back where you need to be. That's right. Breaking break the consistently. I mean, just call the guy. He's going to take care of you. So we appreciate you, Rich and Ricky. Uh, so this is another episode. We're signing off. Happy Friday to everyone listening, and thank you very much. Absolutely. Thanks, Rich. Sounds good, you guys. Thanks for having me. I had fun. Talk to you guys later. Bye-bye.